That's right, friends. It's a bonus episode of the Junction City Podcast. Because that's what makes us great. If we make a mistake on one episode, give you another. And this one just happens to be Commissioner Jim Harvey. Talking about the county commission, parks and recreation, this new tax shift that's coming up. Just for you guys. Hey, yeah, it's just another podcast. It's actually thinking that they can fake this. Let's say welcome to Commissioner Harvey. Welcome to the Junction City Podcast. Well, nice to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you taking some time. First thing I wanted to ask is, uh, I just, so I knew you when I was young, but I see you pop up on the ballot four years ago for the county commission. It was four years ago, right? Well, it was about four years ago. And and, and I didn't know you were a political guy. Were you political before that, or did you just kind of jump into... Well, you know... uh, no, well, so uh, I started my career back in, I started working full-time back in 1983 and worked for private ventures. We worked for a little company called, some people would know Morris Travel. Oh, yeah. If they yeah. don't know Morris Travel, they'll know Southwest Airlines because Morris Travel uh, did a lot of charter flights and developed a lot of routes. They became the second highest lift operator out of Salt Lake to the, a lot of West Coast cities and then eventually southwest airlines had come in and buy their routes i left uh, i i did some uh, i always had the opinion whoever walked into our counter at the morris travel it didn't matter where they were coming from and as the manager there it didn't matter uh, i i didn't i could help sweep a broom or i could help book a trip it, just just cuz you have a title doesn't mean that you're above any other position and so right anyway I sold a trip to a, uh, a commissioner back then, and uh, ended up ended up. Uh, I did had no idea it was a commissioner, and they said, "You know, you ought to really apply for this job out at the Golden Spike Event Center." So I thought, okay, and I, I ended up getting that job. I've since uh, that was in 1994. I've since never owned a horse, <laughs> but I. For me, you know, whether it's Morris Travel and you're dealing with a, a $60 million budget there or you're dealing with a couple million out at the Golden Spike or at the county, uh, running a business, there's some good foundational principles associated with that. And I just I just tried to continue doing what was taught to me in, at Weber State. Yes, sir. Great, great, great. Or at uh, any of the other, you know, I watched a lot of great leaders around Ogden and made tried to emulate some of the business decisions that they made and it turned it turned out pretty good i like i like one so that's kind of a roundabout answer to that question well, political what, so for getting political you know when i first got out to the golden spike event center they said hey uh would you support uh, so and so and i said well you know i i'm for the man I like to vote for the man or the woman. I'm for the personality and still am. And uh, yeah, if that, well, here, what do you need to do? And so I ended up getting kind of into politics like that. Well, and, and the Golden Spike is uh, run by the county, is that right? It's a. The county. Golden so the, you know, we can kind of go off there a little bit. So, you know, Weber County is really lucky. We have some rich investments. When I say rich, I mean um, really wonderful things that draw people to our area in the golden spike arena mm-hmm. we have uh the uh, sports shooting complex out on rule and white we have the piri's egyptian theater which is a incredible historic theater we have the ogden Eccles conference center we have the ice sheet that's mm-hmm. up uh, by the d event center we have a couple of parks up at weber memorial which is just below Causey reservoir on the north fork park up the valley, we have the Fort Buenaventura, which is a h- historic mountain man park. Uh, by the way, I'm going to plug this right now. In the last couple of years, um, to help keep good traffic down there, our team uh, were thinking, you know, what else could we do other than mountain man things that would really lend itself to our city area? Fort Buenaventura is 0.9 miles as the crow flies from where we're sitting right here. Just over the just over the 24th Street Viaduct Bridge, and they put in uh, 27 holes of disc golf out there. Yeah, that's great. Oh, really? And 
And it's gotten such positive notoriety that it is the site of the National Disc Golf Championships in 2020. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is to come from a brand-new built course. We did it right. The folks did it right. They did it. Our folks around here are so good with volunteerism, with a lot of volunteers, and we use the Boy Scouts and some other, uh, you know, uh, Market Star, those people at Market Star, the employees came and they've had a couple of work days down there and they helped us clear paths and clear, and, it, and it's the site of the World Championships. And you think, oh, what's disc golf? Well, it's going to be a couple of weekends, uh, probably about five, six, seven days of hotel rooms, restaurant tax, oh, yeah. all that stuff that, that all these people come in and spend, then they go they go home, and so it's something we wouldn't have had, you know, by having a, a rendezvous. So yeah, it's kind of really cool. Yeah, and so I mean, I wanted to ask about that because I had heard about that event, and Fort Bonaventure, I think I agree with you, is sort of a it's sort of an un, unknown gem to a lot of folks who don't go down the hill it is. down there. And I wanted to ask this: so is it sort of just like a one time thing? Is it something that like uh, like we have Xterra, for example, right. that comes in September? Is it something that might happen again in the future? Is there future partnerships? How does it work? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure exactly how that, you know, w when we get it and how that all works as far as uh, getting on the list. But we've ha we'll hold the state championships and some regional championships after the national championships for sure. There are, uh, there is a, a group of people that do uh, summer trips, spring, summer, and fall trips that actually go from destination to destination around the country just playing disc golf. You get, you know, you, if you've done a little of it, you walk uh, two and a half, three, three to four miles at an 18-hole course. Uh, ours is great because you not only play across the river a couple of times, you play across that palm, pond. Mm. Um, you know, you mentioned something that was great, kind of an unknown, a little unknown uh, gem down there uh, about two years ago when we were really sprucing things up down there through our we had a, a light winter you'll remember so through that light winter you know when you have a light winter your roads guys aren't as busy your uh everything else all your other services that you you, you kind of stock up for aren't as aren't as busy right so we took those guys and they're a wonderful team of guys we started digging out with it, and we also use the Corps of Engineers in the state uh, Division of Wildlife Resources. But we started taking all that sediment out of the sediment out of the pond. Oh. We took this is the cool part about it. We took uh, uh, sixty thousand ton of material out of that pond, wow. or six hundred truckloads out of that pond of sediment, and built another sediment pond up above. Well, working with the Division of Wildlife Resources, we ended up putting some natural and some synthetic fish habitat in the pond because the sediment pond was added up above. So, And then they planted it with 6,000 fish, five different species. So now we have a fishery within 0.9 miles from the heart of our city, walking distance, where if you've got a fishing license... You can go teach a little kid how to fish. And wow. so, so that I understand, this is the pond that is, I mean, if you go down to Fort Bonaventura, there's a big parking lot there, and then uh, there's sort of a little, a little outhouse right there. Well, like they rent, they rent the boats pond. to go out onto the pond. Yeah, you can this rent out a canoe. And, yeah, yeah same pond. Okay. It's right. awesome down in there. It is. Every Easter, by the way, they have one of the coolest mountain men rendezvous down there, and everything is period correct. There, We have some incredible... Uh, there's a there's a volunteer we'll call him Thor that's what he goes by as Thor but they uh, they have built period correct uh, they've they've rebuilt cabins and, and other huts and 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 cookeries and they even build a chimney out of logs a chimney that doesn't burn out of logs and used they used all natural things uh, they use bent iron uh, uh, for hinges none no, no store bought anything. Huh. Everything is exactly correct, and it's it is fascinating. They even use uh, in their uh, when they use their uh, black powder, they use an, even use a wasp nest uh, that that paper that the wasps build mm. to pack their guns. Everything mm. is period correct when you go down there. Bows and arrows make their own. It's wonderful down there. Huh. It's it's a it's truly a gem. 
Yeah. Truly a gem. It really is. We, we had, can go a long time on stuff like that. Yeah, we had an idea down there because it, it is, it's really nice. And the, the park closes, they turn off the water like the beginning of October. We had this idea where wouldn't it be cool, and we didn't do it this year, but maybe next, where you, we would bring some sort of like a movie screen down there, and uh, we would show some, some horror movie, some scary movie down there by the water, you know, the lights on the fort are on, and it's sort of like you walk across that little bridge. And have you done it? We haven't done it yet. We have so. We have. We actually have a stage, a screen. We have the ability to be able wow. to do that yeah, if you we, want to come put on the We band. thought that it would be really interesting and then, like, you know, go talk to somebody downtown and have them come up and, and cater and sell meals at the event, you know, and then give all the money to some someplace like YCC or something like that. Awesome. You know? so, we haven't built it yet, but it's it was the going there gave us the idea for that event. That's a yeah. cool it was deal. Interesting. And I'm curious what the the count the, what the commission's role is kind of in oversight of those things. Like the ice sheet is owned by somebody, right? And then and then you control the budget or no, how actually, does that work? So the ice sheet is actually owned by uh, it was an Olympic legacy uh-huh. uh, project and it's owned by the county. Oh. The ice sheet is actually owned by the county. Not to be confused with the addition where the wildcat bash is tonight. Yeah. Where the where they have the second sheet of ice, uh, where they pebble and do some curling. But the old oh. the original ice sheet with all the windows was uh-huh. a legacy project. It's owned, maintained, and operated by the county, I as see. are the aforementioned other facilities we have, like Fort Bonaventure. That's it, land that the county owns. Yes, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so to, for a county. We we have about two hundred and fifty thousand residents in our county, but to have those resources that are so rich. And historic in nature. For instance, if I can transition while we're talking about different facilities, sure. Let's talk about the Piri's Egyptian Theater. Started started in 1927. It was started as a movie house. Uh-huh. You know, back in 1927, movies were not in Dolby Digital back then. Mm-hmm. They actually had a movie theater organ, mm-hmm. and they had uh, people that would play the organ. They would be sent a script from Hollywood when the big rolls of film would come in, and as the movie would play, the organist would look for cues on the movie screen as to what suspense music to play or happy music or this, that, and the other, and people would read the words as the movie was playing. Well, as it would be right now, our own little Piri's Egyptian theater, they do wonderful things in the summer, like we just finished with Peter Pan, a, a Broadway uh-huh. version of Peter Pan. Last year was Annie, Get Your Gun. The year before that was Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. But going back to its original history, the Piri's Egyptian has one of five in the United States, one of five working theater organs. That's a Wurlitzer, right? It's a... Wow, huh. what a... What yeah. a his dad a boy. So, so yeah, a Wurlitzer. They, yeah, they talked about this... Huh. Um, and, and there was some uh, some recent uh, some updating on it or something like that. They had to do some things and they had to spend a little bit of money, but like now it's back to its former glory. And you know, like you said, another another point of pride for Ogden. It is a Weber great. It, it's a great point of pride. And when you get right down technical, our original organ. That's not the original organ. This organ came out of California, and through the uh, Egyptian Theater Foundation, this old organ out of California was restored to that era, oh. and it's great. And and they. Uh, the, the triggers, they call them, they use to, to play the sounds. Uh, one of the things we enjoy is all around, when you go into the Piri's Egyptian Theater, all around the stage, at the front of the stage, are musical instruments, whether it's a, a trumpet, a trombone, a drum, a stringed instrument. It's tuned just like any symphony would be tuned. And to go to a concert there, and you think, oh, I'm not going to go to an organ concert, but it is so cool. It is, it's something like you'll never experience anywhere else, and you can feel the music there. But to hear that old Wurlitzer mm. and the people play that, it's just, and there's, there's not a lot, there, there are people that come from around the country to come right. to hear the, that old Wurlitzer when yeah, we have these organs. One of only concerts. five, you know? Yeah, so, it's huh. really it's cool. It's really cool. So, Commissioner, I know that uh, when, when the county commission is sort of divvying up, you know, the responsibilities over who oversees what. It sounds like maybe you are the guy that uh, oversees some of the parks and rec. Is, is that right? And you know a lot about it. So culture, parks, and recreation. That's your is, area. That's in my portfolio, okay. yes. I have that portfolio and the attorneys. Okay. Mm. Another commissioner, uh, Commissioner Frohr, has the uh, 
the sheriff, and he has uh, our human resource department and economic development. Mm. And Commissioner Jenkins has the operations and, and then the uh, clerk, auditor, treasurer, and we, we divide all those things up. So we have, it's a, it's a, 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 try to make that an equal load. Yeah. So say that there's something that I want the commission to get behind. Say it's Colby's art project, or I have this music pet project that I have been talking about lately. But so uh, would you guys prefer that we sort of find out the commissioner that's over that, kind of talk to you guys first, or should we just show up to a commission meeting and start mentioning it in like open, you know what I mean? What's a good way to lobby you guys? Well, I think the first thing to do is to find out if your idea is not just your own idea or if it's a real solid community idea. A lot of people will bring ideas to the county, but it's really not a function of what the county does. Yeah. For instance, you know, we have the campgrounds at Weber Memorial, like I mentioned, and up at North Fork Park. But to have a park, per se, where you, where you go out and you know, we have, the, we have the ball diamond out at the fairgrounds and the seven soccer fields, but to have a community park uh, with a, a, a playground, that's just not really, that's not what a commission does, nor that's not our goal. Mm -hmm. uh, those are designed for park districts or for cities. And so uh, if you wanted to put together uh, 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 like a music program, like you were saying, you know, you may go to a, a, an organization that does that, that does that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that it, you can get, you can get more than just you or a few people involved. You have, there, there are associations or groups out there that already exist right. that have things. And, and so let's use your example once you have an established organization, and preferably that's a, <coughs> excuse me, like that's a, got a 501c3 status, mm -hmm. you'd maybe make an application through the Weber County Ramp. That's Recreation, Arts, Museums, and Parks mm. through that committee. The Ramp projects are fantastic, over $3 million, and the voters voted for that tax. Um, but over $3 million is, is given out to local Weber County recreation arts museum and parks every yeah. year that board is made up of private individuals volunteers and it's really a huge effort they spend weeks reviewing auditing uh, visiting weighing out lobbying on behalf huh. and so that's kind of where uh, uh where you they're, they're, where people can go uh and do that for instance the the park out in far west um it's uh, the Jim Smith Park. It's just it's just over the canal on the west side of Smith and Edwards. That's a beautiful big park that was built a lot from the Recreation Arts Museum and Parks. There are certain plays, uh, the O'Foam, Ogden Friends of Acoustic Music. They yeah. have a lot of great performances that are done here and up in the valley, and a part of that funding comes from Ramp. Mm -hmm. You know, so it depends on really what you're looking for and is it is it part of what we do as as a county right they want us you know it's kind of funny but the county there's a lot of things that the county does that people have that, that enjoy they enjoy it every day but have no idea that the county does it right the job as a commissioner is so diversified for instance this work we dealt with indigent defense or excuse me not just indigent defense but indigent burial oh okay. what a I mean, we know that that goes on if we're real, that, that stuff happens. Uh -huh. Who deals with that? Well, we do. <laughs> we also, you know, with communities developing and putting in more hardscape, houses, rooftops, that water used to all leach into the ground, which would raise the water table. Well, now it flows down gutters and into pipes and rivers, and, and it ends up going out west. Well... Now you're having a greater flow of water. So what happens, you know, what happens with the stormwater runoff where the guys out west, well, it doesn't bother me. I'm sitting here in East Ogden somewhere. Well, somewhere down the road, it goes somewhere. the water goes somewhere. And yep. so we deal with stormwater runoff. We hmm. deal with whether it's snowpack, whether it has to do with the parks, like you say, or making sure that, or zoning or land or, it's is there's a huge variety it's been a being a commissioner it's been absolutely <laughs> wonderful it's been an incredible learning experience to learn about so many different things 
Well, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, we were planning on talking about the tax shift. And so I was reading about the tax right. shift today. And, and it occurs to me when I read that, it's like you have unincorporated land up in the valley. You have unincorporated land out west or kind of all throughout the county. And whenever something comes up in one of those areas, it kind of falls to you guys, right? So issues with law enforcement, waste management, all that kind of stuff. So, so if the listeners live in a city, that's a, a municipality. That's, that's called a municipality. Mm-hmm. All the other land that does not belong to a municipality belongs to unincorporated Weber County. I live in unincorporated Weber County out south of here. Mm-hmm. It's not part of Uinta. It's not part of Uinta Highlands. It's not part of South Ogden or Riverdale or Washington Terrace. It's just a, a weird piece that doesn't enjoy uh, sewer. Well, I'm on a septic system, for instance. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't enjoy some of the other services a municipality offers. Uh-huh. Well, all the people that live, whether it's out west in West Weber or Blossom or Taylor or up in, in Eden or Liberty, those areas are unincorporated Weber County. A commissioner is, in essence, a mayor of all that unincorporated area. Right. So that's kind of a good foundational setup for this particular tax shift. Yeah. And so the way I understand that to work is everyone in the county now, whether you are in a city or in the unincorporated section, you're paying the same amount of tax to the county. And what you guys are proposing, and I might be oversimplifying, is now the people in the unincorporated, well, the people in the cities will pay less and the people who are in the unincorporated will pay a little bit more because of all of those services that they're getting. Back in Back in 2014, the state legislature said that counties cannot pay their bills uh, on the backs of those who uh, whose the bill doesn't necessarily apply to. Mm. Um, the county, uh, in their general fund, has been collecting taxes on all the property owners within the entire county, whether they live in a city or they live in unincorporated Weber County. What's happened is, is uh, back in 2014, uh, we learned that the money that it takes to run the services for the unincorporated Weber County uh, wasn't generating this, enough money to operate all the services. And some people go, oh, you guys are collecting all this other stuff. I want to focus on that part of the tax bill that just says Weber County. And to be quite honest with you in that part of that, uh, for instance, uh, the average home, the average home in all, all of Weber County, including the, the cities, the average home cost as of today is $280,000. That line item, if the person occupies the home, is $20.33 in property tax a year. $20. And so... If, they're, if they have a home, they're paying, of that Weber County property tax, they're paying $20.33, which is a, a, about $12.50 per 100000 where some of the cities, because they have increased services, like some of them have swimming pools, and some of them have their own community theaters, or they have their own uh, a whole different you know services that they offer, not just public safety, but that they pay sometimes a hundred, hundred and eighty dollars per hundred thousand, not mm. the twenty dollar or the twelve dollars and fifty cents per hundred thousand. I see. Well, so what was happening is for not so what this basically means is ninety four percent of the people in Weber County have been paying more than they should have, and so we're giving them we're going to reduce their taxes mm-hmm. for ninety four percent on the. Six percent that, like myself, I live in unincorporated. I've been paying too little, and so I'm going to raise my own taxes, mm-hmm. which is not—I mean—that's not going to make me popular in my neighborhood, uh, but it's the right thing to do. So everybody gets ninety-four percent will see a tax decrease. Well, this and next year you had a so it's a shift basically, right? Right. Shift of responsibility. Yeah. Now I see why it was called a shift, and and I noticed you had a table on your website that. It was, I mean, the people in, in Weber County, they're still paying less than 
the people in the majority of the, at least the larger cities around the county, they're all paying a lot more in taxes, I assume, because of those services that the city's providing, right? That's, that's, uh, that's what's reported by their, their own auditors in their own cities. That's mm. correct. Yeah, so even with the, the raise for the people in the unincorporated areas, it's still not going to be... They'll still be paying half of what the least expensive city is in the state of Utah, which, by the way, is Plain City. Hmm. The Plain City pays less tax per 100000 than any other city in the state of Utah, except for cities that don't have a property tax, per se, which would be in our own county, Marriott Slaterville and West Haven City. Hmm. And the reason they don't have that small tax on there is because they have so much commercialization within their city that generates not only uh, the property tax off the business but also off the sales tax of those businesses that are in their city so they have so much commercialization in Marriott Slaterville also in West Haven that that helps those that helps those uh, the residents out there mm. And I wouldn't be able to speak to the tax. That would be the that would be the mayors of those respective cities that are doing. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so, um, tell me if I have this right about the process of it, because from what I understand, you put this plan into the tentative budget that you just passed, and now you're sort of having a community input time where you kind of hear what the community thinks about that before it becomes. Official is that right? That's 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 actually that's actually right. And uh, on October 22nd, we announced that this was going on, and then on the 29th of October, just three days ago, we did adopt the tentative budget. Now we're going to have a couple of public open houses to see what the people think, and and there'll be one up at the Ogden Valley Library at six o'clock on November 12th, and a second one will be held on November 18th at six o'clock out at Plain City Hall. This is the majority, again, of those land masses are in the east part of the county and the west part of the county. So it gives the public an opportunity to sound off. But, you know, no one likes any tax to increase. Hopefully 94% of the people, I'm hoping that 94% of the people will show up and, say, and thank, thank you. you for giving us a, a little bit of a, a break on our taxes. And it won't be a lot, right. but it's something that's going in the right direction. Uh -huh. And at least we've recognized what's been the problem in the past and are correcting it for the future. Right. This is one of those things, and this is a, a tough thing. You know, as a commissioner that represents the entire body, uh, this is something that's the right thing to do. Personally, out of my own pocketbook, I hate this. <laughs> right. This doesn't help me personally in my own, but that would be self-serving, and that, to me, is not cool. Yeah. So that's, this is the, this is the right thing to do, and and uh, we hope people will we will have a, a professional presentation by Scott Park, who's the county comptroller, mm. and who can explain these and have all the numbers. And for people who have a hard time getting to those night meetings at the library on the on on the the, the Ogden Valley Library on November 12th and the Plain City on November 18th, it'll be uh, it'll also be streamed live on Facebook. Uh, and on uh, Weber County, mm. uh, gov .org, uh, or .gov, Weber County, Utah .gov. Mm. Um, it'll and so they'll be able to see and and witness and, and take a look, and it, it'll and it'll also uh, it'll also live on just like your podcast. You'll be able to view it anytime you want to mm -hmm. and take a look at it, see what we're doing. After that's all done, it's important to know that there'll be a public hearing on that bud budget. On November 26th at six o'clock, at our regular that's our commission chambers, and so all that's happening. And mm. so that 26th uh, is that a Tuesday night? Uh, yes, that's okay. It's a Tuesday night. Tuesday before Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving. six o'clock. So, Commissioner, I have a question. Looking at these numbers, you said 280,000 is the average um, home value in the county. That's right. That's the average home value in the entire county. Okay. Now uh, you'll see another figure there. Is that where you're headed? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to go down to the bottom because uh, we, we have these these numbers in front of us, folks. Um, so it, it lists out here the Municipal Services Fund, and that's what we're talking about, right? The Municipal Services Fund is the fund that we're talking about that the unincorporated people of Weber County play, pay. Not that all the other people of the cities. 
right. have a city tax. So it's a little different than what you said originally. But mm. the, unincor- gotcha. the municipal services fund is like the city tax for unincorporated Weber County. Okay. Gotcha. So go ahead, Colby. Sorry. So, yeah, so, so I was going to ask. So I was just trying to get a scope for this because, you know, we're talking about a tax shift and what it might cost those folks who do live, like, you know, you're talking about yourself who live in an unincorporated part of the county. If I'm reading this correctly, this shift will cost you, if your home is worth $280,000, we're talking about going from $20.33 a year to $40.66. That's correct. Is that correct? So That's correct. You're, you're paying an extra, if you live in an unincorporated part of the county, you're paying an extra $20 a year while the rest of the county, 94% is your number, right? Yeah. Will yes. see a, a, a decrease in taxes. And so their decrease, uh, do we have an idea of how much that that is going to be, yep. I mean, depending upon the city, it sounds like, Yep. because I have a number, but um, say, let, I mean, we're sitting in Ogden City. Let's talk about that. Like, what, what? Let's, well, let's go, let's answer, let me, if I can interrupt it to sure. answer your question. So what this total revenue is, so the total with this $20 per household and unincorporated, that'll generate us another $375,000 from incorporated, but we're lowering taxes $500,000. So this whole thing is a net loss to everybody or a net reduction to everybody, 100%. So we're reducing taxes more than what we're picking up. So is it a shift? Yeah, but it's actually a shift plus a reduction for everybody, a little more than that. Does hmm. that make sense? Yes, sir. I mean, a total tax shift would have been 375 and 375 or 500 and 500. We're picking up another 375, but we're rebating back to everyone 500. So, so even the six, even those in an unincorporated, they're going to see a little bit of a, a, a decrease. And this is all the the, the clerk auditors have all that uh, they they've all worked this out, and it's been approved through the state auditor, and mm-hmm. that's how this works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I understand that math, then there there was currently a surplus in what was being gathered throughout the county, and that gives you the ability then to instead of collecting five hundred, like we're going to. We're going to shift this tax and still only collect 375, and there was a surplus of roughly 125 thousand dollars countywide. Is that is that how I understand that? I love the way you've put that. I like <laughs> to think that we've managed the corporation, Weber County Corporation, to be able to, and saved another 125 thousand dollars, and so okay. we're giving it back to the people instead of banking it and putting it somewhere else. A lot of times, government, well, we'll just kind of keep that. Now, since we're going through this and making this right. And we're going to give it back. Okay. So for those folks, the 94% who do live in a municipality who will see their taxes go down, uh, using the same average uh, the, or the median home value number, I mean, somebody in, say, like we said, Ogden City, how much are they going to see their county property tax bill decrease? It, it'll just be... It, it is it that $20? Like they're losing that $20 and it's being shipped? They won't, get, they won't see a full $20. It'll be a fraction of it's that. It's like five bucks? Well, you got, 90, you got 94% compared to 6%. So yeah. 6% is picking up the, the 20 bucks per household, and mm-hmm. then you're going to divide that same 20 bucks per half. It, it'll be very negligible. But it's still a, it's still a shift in the right direction. I see. And... and, and you know, uh, we made a decision as a commission to not do a, a, a flat 375 back to make it just an, a 0% loss and gain. Mm. Uh, there was a little bit of a surplus, and that's why we, we did that. We, we said, let's give it back to the people. And so we didn't have to. Mm. Statutorily, well, we weren't required to, but we wanted to. And uh, I feel uh, that feels really good. It feels really good. And, you know, and... and Right now, according to Scott Park, who, ours, who is our comptroller, based on uh, uh, his words, and this is also on our uh, uh, YouTube station, but back in about July when he gave a mid-year report, he doesn't see us having any probability of any kind of a tax uh, increase for at least another five years. There could be another tax cre- uh, decrease next year. Hmm. Uh, and you think, oh, well, how they do? Well, we're we're growing. You know, Weber County is enjoying its third year straight year of values going up double digits. And so, you know, the when state you say of values, you, we're talking about home values. Home values, and they think, yeah, well, my taxes are going up there. No, um, if uh, you know, if they see a property tax increase on their statement, there are a lot of other uh, districts and and things that collect. The Weber County, we're just the collecting agent. Mm-hmm. We we collect taxes for everybody, but we it's all a pass through. Yeah, the amount of 
the amount of money that Weber County actually holds onto is just a small fraction of that. And everyone can look at their respective tax notices and see now on a pie chart of where those taxes that are being paid, what district those are being paid to. For instance, whether it's a water district, a fire district, mm -hmm. a mosquito abatement district, a school district, all those things are reminiscent on that tax bill, but those are pass-throughs through the county. The county is merely a collecting agent mm -hmm. for those taxes. We don't keep them. We yeah, don't so yeah. here, here in the handout you've given us, it says, uh, we were, um, when you pay your property taxes to Weber County, you are actually paying the taxes of many entities with one payment. Weber County collects property taxes on behalf of 91 different taxing entities. Yeah. Only the line items listed below will be affected, and then it goes on to tell you that. So those 91 entities, for instance, the people who live out in Pleasant View don't pay an Ogden City school tax. Uh -huh. Of course. Uh, but, of course, the people in Ogden don't pay a Weber County school tax, a right. district tax. So those, a park district, for in instance, some people are involved in a park district. Well, somebody who lives in South Ogden wouldn't pay a West Weber Park District fee. Mm. So there are different entities that collect taxes, yeah. and, and we collect them for all that. They're all listed on every household is assigned a property, uh, you know, a number, uh, uh, the ID number, and then those, those districts, we collect for those districts that apply to where that property is. Right. Land serial number. Yeah, I had no idea. We had Jay Johnson from Northview Fire District, and sure. he was here telling us about Exactly that, how, how they sort of have their piece of the property taxes that they control. I had no idea. North View Fire District. District. There right. you go. Yeah. 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 I just never knew. And and I'm kind of curious about that more broadly. Like, um, I mean, it seems like you guys have kind of direct influence on un unincorporated areas. And then where there are incorporated cities, you're sort of working with those cities to accomplish projects. Absolutely. We hope that there's a great partnership. Right. So, so let's uh, like something like economic development. I feel like, I don't know, for example, we've been hearing about the inland port and I know that the County is excited about, you know, encouraging certain types of growth around the County, but can you really mainly focus on unincorporated areas when you're doing that kind of growth? Or is it like you're trying to, develop programs with cities and things like that. How does that work? Well, that's great. That's a great question. You know, some cities, uh, for instance, let's use Hooper. They don't have the population base to have the number of employees to hire different departments like some of the bigger cities do. Yet, there may be specific opportunities for us, a, a city of that size that they could enjoy and, and grow without putting that burden on the residents that are there. You know, and that's, that's true for a lot of cities. There are there are 15 cities currently in, in Weber County, and not all of them would have an economic development director. Mm. Well, so so after one of the things after I got in, economic development basically means bringing new development into our Weber County geographic area. Uh, jobs, and hopefully those are high-paying jobs, a higher-paying job than people have now. People who are working... Uh, who would be listening to this, the goal is is to bring in jobs if they're underemployed. Mm -hmm. You know, if they want an opportunity that makes them another $20,000 a year, those are the types of jobs that we're going after, jobs that are above the state average. So the people who work in our area can make more money if they decide to do a job shift, uh, and they may currently be underemployed. And I think, you know, just the caliber of the folks we have here, many folks are underemployed, but... Business is not to fight against business. We have incredible businesses here, but they pay the wages they do based on competition for that labor force. Right. So, you know, uh, having been in the business arena for 30-something years, when you talk about where a business would locate, you know, rarely does a business care where the county line is. Yeah, that's true. They don't. They don't necessarily, some care, but not necessarily care where the city line is. Right. They care about being able to make money, pay their employees, and be able to return a profit to their shareholders. And so, you know, as we started thinking about this uh, two, two and a half years ago, we thought, you know, why are we having turf wars with people like Davis County? Mm -hmm. You know, this is interesting, but we export uh, between us and Davis County. We export 80,000 jobs a day, which means people leave 
our county and drive to Davis or primarily Salt Lake County. Some go north. That's a lot of jobs leaving here every day. If we could get a job where people don't have to sit on Highway 89 or I-15 on their commute, one, we're getting people off the roadways. If they, especially if they could make more money by staying local, mm-hmm. hey, that's good for everybody. These companies who come in and they hire local talent, uh, you know, for me, I want my kids to stay local. That means more houses. That's why houses are going up. Uh, most people uh, say, gosh, my taxes are really high. But I'd say to almost anyone who's listening, would you sell your home for the price that's on your tax notice? <laughs> most people tell me no. Right. Yeah, because it's worth more. You know, uh, so there, there's a, we can get into housing shortages, everything. That we just have our, we want to keep growing. And when we want to get anyone who feels that they are underemployed, that they're making less than what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to go out and get those types of jobs into our communities that will pay them a more attractive wage. Mm. And so, uh, and that can solve a lot of problems uh, from a, uh, from a, from our side, you know, a county type thing. Yeah, no turf wars though. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not a turf war guy. And that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about. Cause um, I have your 2018 economic development report here. Um, Nice, well put together. I wanted to ask about that because there's a on page, uh, oh shoot, there's not a page number. Um, on one of the pages there, it talks about the, the, the partnership that you just talked about with Weber County and Davis County. And so yep. I wanted to understand fully, what does that partnership look like and, uh, and kind of how did that come about? So, well, uh, so well, how that came about is uh, uh, we were talking with our neighbors in Davis County. We were both, a lot of times when a business comes in, uh, and they say, hey, you know, we're thinking about because of the quality of labor. You know, we had a lot of talented, proficient people here. Mm-hmm. Because of the quality, we want, we want to relocate our business to Utah for a host of reasons. Well, they'd have a group of folks down there that were kind of courting the business. And then we'd have a group up here courting the business. You know, that business may fit better in square A than it does in square B or vice versa. And we were competing against one another. By doing so, we were giving away uh, tax incentives or different things. We, that was silly. So why, what about teaming up? Well, one, you can half your, you can take the same group of people and, and get rid of some labor, which saves the, like the 125. You find ways that you can reduce your costs. Cost. But then all of a sudden you say, you know, this is gonna land better in Farmington than it does in, for instance, far west. And the next one, hey, hey, this one's going to fit a lot better out in Pleasant View. They've got this acreage here. This would really fit a lot better there than it would in Syracuse. So we've kind of decided, it's taken a lot with all those cities and municipalities to get everybody singing out of the same hymn book, so to speak. Mm. It's been a huge lift uh, for the last, you know, for the last 30 months to get everybody. But now we're, we have a, a an agreement between us and Davis County. We both pay uh, fractions of what we would have for our own individual economic development. Hmm. We put it out to bid to both us and Davis County, and uh, we hired uh, EDC Utah, our Economic Development Corporation of Utah, mm-hmm. which has worked, uh, they're, they're very sound. We, several places bid on this. Uh, they came back with the best offer. We hired them uh, just after the first of the year. Uh, they have since hired a director, so we've tried to take the political component out of it. We take the politicians out of it. We're funding it, however, uh, and, and we're using uh, big business owners on a board that help make the decisions. So uh, my goal has been to 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 make sure that there's, uh, since we're paying the bill, there's some political oversight, but they're not running the whole thing. While we have great we have great business minds in Weber County government right now. It's also, that doesn't mean that's the, the end all. We have some great, great other people who are private business owners on that board that are running that. Uh, it's EDC Utah North mm-hmm. yeah, uh, here. And so that continues to roll out. This is a brand new uh, program. Basically, when businesses now come in and, and, and inquire about where do we locate, now we have two counties competing against all the other counties collectively, and we're saying, hey, give us a few more shots on goal, to use a soccer term or a hockey term, up here in, in northern Utah to, for these 
good, solid companies who are relocating here. Mm-hmm. And then and creating opportunity. We've got a fantastic team doing this, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not just the talent of the people, but we've had so many great resources. And now let me link a couple of things together. So when you have those types of resources, the economic development team, and you couple those with the culture, parks, and recreation component that we talked about the Fort Buena Venturas, the Ice Sheet, the Perry's Egyptian Theater. So now the employees who may locate here have other things to do, not just the trails that are fantastic here, not just the mountain biking and the running and the kayaking and all the other, the marathons and all the other great things we do here, right here in Ogden, Utah. Mm. You've got these fantastic facilities and they're coming from, they're coming from the Dakotas and the Carolinas and the Virginias and they're thinking, we don't have anything like this where I came from. How do you have all these treasures right here in our little city? Uh-huh. And it's just, it's been a great, great thing. I didn't even touch on the inland port, but wherever you want to go after that. Well, that's all right. We actually only have a couple of minutes, and I just wanted to okay. touch on something you mentioned earlier. You said, you know, you guys are, are getting out to the far west and east parts of the county. You're streaming those things online. You're streaming your uh, commission meetings online. So, I mean, it's it's clear that you guys care about making sure that the community is informed about what you're doing. I mean, as much as you can. I'm curious if there are ways that you wish that you wish people would be more involved. Is there? Listen, so just recently we got these numbers. Uh, people have asked always uh, since I've been, they want transparency in government, transparency in government. Some of that takes initiative from the person who's saying that. To, to show up at a voter booth, for mm-hmm. instance, or to, or to send an email and say, hey, I'll, I'll subscribe to this channel, to this podcast. They have to become informed. Um, right now, I know this is going to sound, but we have more uh, active users. I don't know where they're all coming from on our Weber County social media than Fort Worth, oh. than, any, than Reno, than uh, some of the big cities in California, the Sacramentos, uh, a lot of the Midwestern states. We're, we're very, very well uh, clicked on. Hmm. Uh, so what could we do a little bit better? Somehow be able to reach more people and say, hey, listen, how do we make this more interesting so that you will want to engage or click on or see or look or read or or understand uh, what we're doing good and what we're doing bad. Help mm-hmm. us, teach us. Our budgets, our meetings, everything that we approve every week, every expense is clickable on our online uh, WeberCountyUtah.gov. Hmm. Everything. That wasn't the case two and a half years ago. It is now. Everything is out there. It's open. Um, I I like to be, I call it, kindly corrected. Mm-hmm. Um Nobody likes mean people, right? And I like to respect people, but I just I hope for the same thing back. And so I've got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. We've got Weaver County. We have got we've got nothing to hide. We're very much since this is a, a Weber County corporation, but it's a it's it's the stockholders of this corporation are the citizens, and it, all the information is public to them. It's open to them. Yeah. So it's. How to engage them and let them be a part of that? I'm all for. Well, let me ask you about that, Commissioner, because one of the one of the think the big stumbling blocks, and I think you've done a really good job with um, live streaming the meetings that you do have on Tuesday mornings. Yeah, you know that they're fairly accessible that way. But even as a young professional, you know, I would try and say, okay, I'm going to get down there at Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning to the council chambers and sort of be present. And even as a white collar guy, you know, who has a pretty flexible job, it was difficult. And so I noticed that over the summer, you and the other commissioners, Froer and Jenkins, went out into the communities. And once a month, you would go up, say, to the Valley, or you held one in North Ogden City. And we just you, held one last Tuesday, yep. for instance, in South Ogden. And it was at night, right? It was at 6 and o'clock. They, yeah, and they right, were, yeah, were held right. at 6 p.m. at night. And um, it seemed like folks were showing up to those a bit more than the Tuesday you know, 10 a.m. meetings. And so what I wanted to ask was, are there any plans to make that more permanent or are you going to stick with 10 a.m. for the foreseeable future? That's actually, uh, we're actually looking at something a little bit uh, later in the days on Tuesday, um, but that's up to the current commission chair. Every, you know, I had been a commission chair. I've been attending commission meetings now for 26 years. 
one as an employee and sitting them and and, and other as a, as now in the leader of the commission. Um, I'm going to push back a little because I've whatever's on that agenda drives the drives people to be there. It's a little more difficult for people to be there during the day. I respect that. Yes, sir. But, but from a cost basis, our employees instead of paying them overtime, well, we'll just have them come in late to work. Okay. Well, let's have the uh, let's have the clerk auditor come in late to work. Well, if they're coming in late to work, who handles the marriage licenses or the or the passport applications? I mean, well, there's just not as many. Well, the, the problem is, is we, we, I was asking about mathematical statistics on when people come in for even that just this week as well. And there, there's really no way to determine when our services are going to be more needed than others. Hmm. And so we're trying to balance that against costs because those costs are being paid for by Thanks. the taxpayer. And I, anything we can do to, to be as efficient as possible... We, you may see us go a little bit later, um, but we're not that that those decisions haven't been made for sure. I don't have any uh, objection to it, but I do have objection to growing government. I have objection to raising costs on citizens. I have objection to being less efficient. Uh, most of the things we do and and when people show up, it's usually because of a subdivision plan or it has something to do with uh, a particular line item. And they're there in the daytime or the nighttime. I've noticed over the last 26 years, mm. no, it just depends on what the subject's on there. And we just, listen, we try to be proactive on our information to the people so they can learn about it before the meeting happens and can call us in our office and ask us before the commission meeting even happens. Yeah. For instance, let me, if I can, let me use, for instance, the gravel pit in, the, in, uh, in Eden. There was a proposed gravel pit by a school in Eden. We put that information out there. We got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. People people commented on that. That was a decision that was made at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. A few people showed up, but we represented the people who contacted us, not just at the meeting, but a lot of the people who contacted us before the meeting. You know, it wasn't convenient for them. All the calls, I know every call that I got on that, on that gravel pit, I called back or messaged back on an email before the meeting started. Mm-hmm. One of them was six, actually six minutes before, but we made sure that their voice was represented. So good suggestion. We're looking at that. But in my 26 years, it's not always been the case. We're, we try to be interesting, but a lot of it, we're, kind, it of, be difficult, yeah. we're, we're kind of boring, <laughs> some of it, too. <laughs> well, that was one of the, you know, when we started this podcast, you know, we, we definitely wanted to focus on Weber County specifically and on, you know, the city and county governments. And it's a challenge that we've had, you know, here as content makers is, how do we make engagement in local government sexy? Because people want to complain about what goes on in D.C., up and down, when really what they should be in more engaged or if they have a gripe, they should be more involved in their city councils and their county commission meetings because that has more bearing on your day-to-day life than what Donald Trump or what Nancy Pelosi are doing in D.C. Well, Colby, you're 100% correct. You know, the, the, the maintenance on the, 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 whether they're – Road gets plowed with when the snow flow, fl- when the snow falls has nothing to do with national or state politics. It right. has to do with, and we'd, that's we're taking the people on the ground who live right in our area, and that's that's it. Yeah. Well, Commissioner Harvey, we really appreciate you coming on, taking some time. I know you're just here because you care about educating people, and so we appreciate you. I want to be us. clear on that. I'm here because John Miles asked me to be here. Uh, I, knew John, I knew John Miles as a teenager, <laughs> and he's always uh, he's earned a lot of great respect. Great, great guy. Wow. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming down. Thank you. Ashley Wolthius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503.